It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. Welcome in to the Players Lounge. Welcome back to Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Chickies and Pete's Players Lounge. We're at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. There we go. Wake up in here. All right, they, they, I understand you had to take a little bit of a like, a like a break there in between the Brandon Graham show to the Players' Lounge. I know everybody had to run to the bathroom. Brandon's basically taking the whole crowd over there with him. <laughs> Pictures and autographs. Yep, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And Jordan Mylotta's in here. He's in the house. Um, I feel like we got a one-man band in the house tonight with Jordan Mylotta here, so I can't wait to get him on. We'll get him up coming in the uh, second segment. But as customary as we do here on the Players' Lounge every week, Elliot Shore Parks is joining me to my right as my co-host. What What's up, up ESP? Doing good, man. Doing good. I will say they're probably tired because that game ended at like midnight. Probably, you know, that probably <laughs> that did, didn't help. Game, yeah. yes. That first quarter took about an hour and a half, you know, hit the over in, in the first quarter. But, yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was an exciting win for sure. And they, they needed it. They really did. I mean, I thought the last two games before that, you know, weren't as good performances. So, yeah, a lot to get into from the game for sure. Okay, so you and I on Tuesdays, we usually go back and forth at it over something that involves yeah. this team. And it's crazy because sometimes we initially come in thinking that we agree with each other. Then I think it's just natural for us <laughs> to be on opposite sides yeah. of any uh, topic. But I will say this. I brought you up earlier today on the show because I thought you had the key to the game yesterday. In the pre, at the pregame show, you mm-hmm. talked about running the football. You said that was the way the Eagles needed to attack this Green Bay Packer defense. 
Howard led the charge of the passing offense. And as anyone with common sense to know, if you're on the same side of an argument with Howard asking, <laughs> you're usually going to be wrong. But that's why I found myself yesterday agreeing with Howard yeah. that I thought throwing the ball is what they should have done. But it wasn't long in that first quarter but that I thought about you. And I said, oh, Elliot was on to something tonight. It looks like the running game is the game plan tonight yeah. against this team. What did you see? prior well, to the game that made you believe this is so the way to go. I, I actually think you made a lot of good points because I do believe on a larger scale in this league you pass to get the lead. Like right. your, your, your team is as good as your passing game in a lot of ways, right? So I think you were correct about that. But I think when you look at the Packers' run defense and you look at this offensive line, this group of running backs, and this quarterback, it was the right way to attack the team. The Packers are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. When we talk about bad run defenses here the last few weeks, like that's a bad run defense. Right. That, that run that defense looked like a yeah, bad gave up over 350 defense, yeah. yards. <laughs> I thought there was a lack of effort later on. You could tell that they really kind of made the Packers quit on that mm -hmm. side of the ball. But I also think it's a credit to Sirianni and Shane Steichen because – you know, you are right, and I think Nick would agree, you do pass to get the lead in, in this league, right? But one thing Nick has shown time and time again, really since last year, is he will coach to what he believes the correct game plan is that week. And he does not put pride in the way. He doesn't worry about what he believes is an offensive philosophy. If he feels the best way to attack a team is to run the ball 49 times, then he'll run the ball 49 times. And that's exactly what they did last night. So when you have that offensive line that can dominate that way, dominate that way I thought it was the right way to attack them, to, to attack the team. And I was happy they did it because – you know, they put up 40 points, which is certainly much needed with some, you know, coming off of 17 the week before. Now, to your point, when we talk about dominant and, and what the Eagles were able to do yesterday, 29 first downs to 19. Yeah. Right? 21 of those first downs came via the run. Here's another stat that I love. Third down efficiency, and if you want to add in fourth down efficiency to it, but on third down, they were 8 of 15. Over 50%, even my Michigan State there education go, yeah. tells me that. Nicely done. Uh, you add in a two for three on fourth down. Now you're looking at 10 of 13, I mean 10 of 18 on third and fourth down yesterday. So even when uh, Green Bay may have had some success on first and second down, the Eagles were able to sustain drives yeah. by converting. And it's kind of the exact opposite of what we saw against Washington, right? Now, the Eagles... That's why I brought it yeah, up. Yeah, the Eagles ran the ball better last night than Washington did two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever that was. But the Eagles did a really good job last night of putting themselves in manageable third-down situations. And that really is the key to offense in the NFL, right? Like, Nick talks a lot about big plays, and clearly that, that's, that's key. You want, you want to get big plays down the field. But the way you sustain drives, and the reason they'd been struggling, I thought, was because they were getting behind the sticks too much, penalties early on in drives, first and 15. I mean, again, Against the Colts, they had a second and 25. You saw last night they did a much better job not getting behind the sticks. And when you're running the way, the way they did last night and you can consistently get four or five yards on each rushing attack, you're going to have a lot of third and shorts. And then you can sneak the way Jalen does. I know they, they missed one last night in the first for what feels like forever. For the first time, it seems like. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but they showed they can win running. And, you know, last year we talked so much about they're only winning running. They're only winning running. And then early on this year, the passing game was so explosive. A.J. came in and made an instant impact. Devontae, Jalen, all those things. They haven't really won a game this year or, or needed to running the ball. And I, so I think, and Nick Sirianni said this last night, I thought it was a great point. Come playoff time, and he kind of slipped a little when he said that. He caught himself, right? He did. But, but, but come playoff time, 
there's going to be games where, you know, it might not play out the way you think, and you're either going to need to run the ball or throw the ball to win that game. And the Eagles now showed they still have it up their sleeve. If they need to just hand the ball off 50 times, trust the offensive line, and win that way, they can still do it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I didn't see it as a problem. I know some people were a little concerned that we might be a little bit of run. We were run heavy uh, this week as we were last week, late in that game. And we'll dive into uh, whether or not we feel like there are some other issues as, as it pertains to the passing game yeah. as we get through the week. But uh, I, I thought they, they, they had a game plan, they stuck to it, and it was the right game plan. So kudos to them. I can't wait to get Jordan Mailata in here uh, to talk about that side of the football real quick. I want to get your thoughts on the other two phases of the game, what you thought of the defense yesterday, what they yeah. looked like, and then just a quick thumbnail on – I just don't know what they're going to do special teams-wise I know, uh, as far as correcting some of this stuff. Yeah, and I'd love to pick your brain on that as, you know, obviously a, a former great special teams player. But, but on the defensive side of the ball, it's probably the best 33-point performance I've ever seen from a defense. <laughs> like, if you would have told me that they gave up 33 points and we'd be talking positively about them today, I, I, you know, I would have said you were crazy. But I do think the offense put them in some tough situations. And that is something the offense has been doing more and more, let's be honest. Like, turnovers have become a problem for them so they were in short fields the special teams also put them in short fields uh but uh, you know they forced the two turnovers which are absolutely huge i felt like in the second half they played way better uh the christian watson touchdown was really just a mistake by one player in an unfortunate spot but the packers weren't able to sustain drives against them in the second half which they were in the first half um, I thought the defensive line was really good uh, rushing Aaron Rodgers. Fletcher Cox was really good. Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham. I mean, really everyone got in it. Josh Sweat, that was good to see. I do think a concerning thing moving forward is A.J. Dillon was a really tough matchup for that defense. Big I, back. A big I, I back, thought they, yeah. had, they had trouble tackling him. And, you know, we talked about the Packers kind of giving up. One thing I'll give with the Eagles is they don't give up on plays. Like, they might miss tackles, but there's always four or five bodies around the runner trying to bring them down. The concerning thing would be if A.J. Dillon gave him problems, Derrick Henry is a whole different, you know, issue in terms of his size and his, how tough he is to tackle. So clearly 33 points is not what you want to give up, but I didn't see any new, large, big-picture problems emerge last night. It felt more circumstantial than it did poor defensive play. Yeah, if, if I'm thinking about last night's game, I'm thinking about two plays that I didn't like. Maybe there's another one in there somewhere, but obviously the A.J. Dillon runs mm. on that first drive when they scored the touchdown. Uh, I thought that was like a hot night through butter. Yeah. And then poor angles trying to tackle Christian Watson on that play. It's one thing, yes, it's one thing to give up a reception. That can't turn into a 60-yard touchdown or whatever it turned into. And, and there was a lot of talk about the matchup there of Marcus Epps versus him. I didn't have as big of an issue with that as other people did. I mean, Christian right. Watson's a second-round rookie. Marcus Epps has had a good year. Is it the ideal matchup? No, you probably want Slayer Bradbury. But that's not a matchup where you go, all right, this is a major red flag. Like, we got to do something. I thought mm -hmm. the issue was Blankenship. I do think another poor play by the defense was, I think they gave up a touchdown on, like, second and 20 uh, in the red zone. So Was that the uh, Randall Cobb play? I I think that was the Aaron Jones. It was either Air. It was either Aaron Jones or Randall Cobb. Okay. But it was in the one-on-one -on -one matchup in the end zone. So look, oh, no, they, that, oh you're talking about when uh, Aaron Rodgers escaped the pocket yep. and rolled out to the 100. percent right. okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that that was a bad play, yeah. but but I did think they shut it down in the second half. I mean, you know, they really only gave up one legit scoring drive. I think in the second half. So so that was good. But but the special teams put them in really bad spots. And you know, when you're up big and you have Jordan Love come in, it's not a big as big of a deal. 
But if this team's playing in the conference championship game or the Super Bowl, which I think they, they will be, and you're giving Mahomes 50-yard fields to drive down consistently, that's a major problem. All right. I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, like what I've heard tonight, I know no surprise after a big win. Eagles sitting at yeah. ten and one. I'm sure you're happy about that. Team's looking good. Defense played better than a lot of people really give them credit for yesterday. One for seven. The the Packers were on third down yeah. again. When I think about the big passing play to Christian Watson, uh, that to me can be corrected with with proper tackling angles and getting guys to rally to the football. It's not a red flag. It's a yeah. bad play by an undrafted rookie yes. in a big spot. Yes, it's, I, it's what I, it is. You it, know? The, is that, that wasn't necessarily concerning to me. I agree with you that I thought Aaron Rodgers. Um, looked a little comfortable in that first half, mm -hmm. uh, being able to get around. But he's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, yeah, he's Aaron Rodgers. Right. So. I know he's got a broken thumb, but he's, he's still Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers. look, again, to the Eagles' credit, and this is something they've done this year, they, they're not great early in, in games, it feels like, but they do shut they do things down. They do seem to make corrections. They do, like, for yeah. all this talk about Gannon never adjusts, yeah. they seem to play way better in the second half consistently than they do in, in the first half. And, and, and to your point, uh, several big sacks late in that game yeah. from guys – uh, in that second half. So the defense certainly was able to come up with some big plays. Well, man, I'm, I'm excited like everyone else is. Enough of hearing me and you talk, Elliot. Yeah, let's we're going to take, the show, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Eagles star left tackle. He's in the building, the gentle giant, as I like to refer to him. Jordan Mailata will join us here in the Players' Lounge at Chickies and Pete's when we come back right here on 94 WIP. On first down, Hurts takes it. And he keeps it, and he smashes the rushing record by taking it across the 30, up to the 32. And right now, Jalen Hurts has set a new Eagles rushing record for a quarterback in a game, in a single game. He picked up six right there. That's 136. 136 yards rushing. For QB1 yesterday, welcome back to Sports Radio 94 WIP. Ike Reese, Elliot Shore Parks, it's the Chickie and Pete's Players Lounge. We're at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. Guess what? It is the number one sports bar in North America. Stop on by. Philadelphia sports going on tonight. We got the Sixers playing tonight. They're taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Are the Flyers playing tonight? No, no one wants to really answer that question. I was say, yes, who cares? Yes, no, nah, we don't no, say. Yes, we bad, don't say bad. who cares, my Elliot. Bad, my bad, my bad. Embiid's playing tonight, though. Yes, Embiid's playing tonight. Yeah. I say that because if you want to get with the community to watch, yes, as a community and support our Philadelphia sports teams, this is where you do it at. But right now, as I get the business out of the way, Jordan, they actually pay me to say those things. <laughs> um, we have Eagles left tackle Jordan Mylotta in the house, everybody. Well, well, thank you for having me. Now I got to tell you, uh, big man, when I got the word that you were going to be the guest tonight in a player's lounge, you know, I was pretty excited. Was that? Pretty excited because, A, watching you grow as a player here, not figuratively or literally, but just watching you grow as a player here has been fascinating for all of us. I still remember when they drafted you in the seventh round and like, okay, he's a rugby player. But he hasn't played football before here, and we used the draft pick on him. And everyone wanted him to play running back. That initially. was the next thing yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So after watching your highlights, everyone in the city was like, he ought to be the running back in the short yardage. Hey, same here. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I didn't know what a left tackle was. So here's the funny thing, man. You are a man of many hidden talents, and I can't wait to get into those things oh, with you as well. 
Uh, but let's start with yesterday's game. I just asked you how you were feeling physically, and, and what did you say to me? I said uh, it felt like we did run for 350. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you feel all those yards you guys rush for in your body. Oh, yes. So, yes, so do. All right, so let me ask you this. What do you enjoy doing more? Run blocking, where you get to pound on people and, and you do what you did yesterday, or, you know, you get to sit back there and protect the quarterback and, and he throws the ball for like 300 yards as well. Listen, uh, that's a no-brainer for an O-lineman. So we definitely love running the ball. Personally, I love running the ball, but whatever, whatever to get the job done. To get the what, was it, what was it, Elliot, 49 rushing attempts? I think it was 49, including some of the hurt scrambles, yeah. so. Well, think about this. Even, even Jalen, with some of his runs, and I, I noticed some of this, is that there are design quarterback runs. I, yes. There's a couple plays there. I'm seeing Isaac and Lane pull mm-hmm. on a play. First of all, nobody pulls tackles. Yeah. in this league except one team. That's this team because no, <laughs> no, nobody else in the league has athletic tackles enough that mm. you would pull tackles in, in, at the pro level. Or, or the center. I mean, like, yeah. you know, yeah. they have an you extremely just athletic very, offensive Yeah, you just line. don't see it that often. Yeah. Going into the game, so obviously you set, you know, in my opinion, the real franchise record for rushing yards. Let's be real. That last one happened in like 48. I think this is the, <laughs> this is the real franchise record, in my opinion. But going into the game, like, did you see something on tape where you're like, okay, yeah, we can do this? Or is it just kind of as the game went on, you felt, okay, you know, th- this is working for us? Yeah, I think, um, I think it was with especially with that first drive, uh, those two third downs that Jalen, you know, created those yeah. explosive plays, kind of set the tempo and, and, and just, you know, I think defeated the morale of the, the Packers' D-line. You know, is it, as a defense, you want to get three and out, and then, you know, when you're on third down, the QB scrambles and yeah. gets, a, gets a first down, and then some, you know, it's demoralizing. And so I think, you know, off the back of Jalen being Jalen and doing his you know, QB one things, it, it was just crazy, uh, and I think it set the tempo for the rest of the game. How much does it help the running game to have Jalen be able to do what he does in terms of distracting the defense, helping you guys as blockers? Like, I think when you think about a good running game, you naturally think about the offensive line dominating and the running backs, but Jalen is such a big part of what you guys do. How does he help you guys in that way? I just, just, it's just a, another threat that the, uh, the defense have to, to watch, you know, and then have to assign a player to if, if they do, you know, play spy. Um, but it's just, it's just crazy to have a, a QB1 that's uh, as dynamic and powerful. And the bloke squats, I don't even know how, much, how many pounds? 600, I think it's like 600, 600 pounds. I mean, that's crazy. Like that, yeah. To hear a QB squat 600 pounds is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, really anybody, but especially a QB. <laughs> yeah, really. Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And so we're pretty lucky as an as a offense to have a, a dynamic QB uh, as, you know, that we have in Jalen. So. Yeah. I think the thing that impresses a lot of people, Jordan, about, about Jalen is at a young age, 24 years old, really, you know, his third year in the league, really the second as the starting quarterback of this team, he's been able to earn the trust and respect of all of his teammates in, in the locker room and being that leader. So coming from a guy that's in the huddle with him, that's obviously he's out there relying on you to protect his blind side, uh, what is it for you? That, that sort of, I guess, impresses you about Jalen and his leadership ability and, and doing the things that he does? I think his character, his character speaks volumes and, and just like his values, the morals that he, he carries himself as a person 
you, you see it reflect when he gets on the field and then leads us. And he, and he doesn't just say it, he leads by example. And it's just one of the, the many qualities I admire about the bloke, man. That, that dude's an amazing person, and then he's a hell of a player too. And, um, you know, when you, when you have a locker room like the one that you know, the coaches and Howie and, and, and Mr. Laurie have created, you can just see that, like, everyone just molded around Jalen because of his personality, the way he carries himself. Uh, dude, man, you, you think the bloke was, like, 40 years old. Just the way he, He's got such an old soul and yeah. um, very mature for his age. And, man, it's just, it's just an honor to play with him. So, so this is the thing I would want to know, right, as a, as a former player. And, and I always wonder about this with the quarterback because the leadership and how you lead your style, um, it's it's – it can be delicate, and it really does have to – part of it has to be natural to you, and then part of it has to be doing what's called for. So I say this to say not that you guys have had many moments this year that you would that he would put this on display, but I wonder is that we, – we get to see the, you know, the, the quiet, calm, the sort of reserved, button-up sort of guy. And I'm wondering is there a side – to him where if he needs to get on someone, does he have the ability to do that? And the way that he does it is the way that the teammates respect him for it. Because, I mean, listen, when you're a leader, you can't always be the good cop. Sometimes 100%. you have to be the bad cop. 100%. You know, um, I'll, I'll say uh, the Houston game where I gave up two sacks. You know, I, uh, I, I sold out on a quick pro and decided to, you know, jump set the guy. Just, you know, I'm thinking the ball's going to be out. And I didn't take the, the right angle. I didn't take the right set, shot my hands late, and um, went to the sideline. And, and Jalen came up to me, and he yeah. thought he was going to cuss me out. He just said, just give me one second. Yeah. Shook my hand. And I was like, oh, yes, sir. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll give you one more second. Right. Too right. easy. You know, and that's, that's just, he's, he's very monotone with everything. You know, he's, there's no up and down. He's just the same character, same dude, man. That's why everyone respects him, because if he does get on you, it's just like a way he approaches you in such a way where it's respectful and you know you want to listen. Right. And it's not even that when he's holding other others accountable. There are times when he's come over to the bench. He said, "That's on me. Right. That's on me." Players will respect that too. Yeah. And players respect that. Especially, is, especially old linemen. Yeah. And this is mid game. You're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's on me. He's like, right. That's on me. You know? right. So then there's just like sense of accountability on the sideline mid game. You know that you just have to respect and. You, you, you want that in, in your players, not just the QB, but just every single player on the team. So, What, what I think so interesting about this team is Jalen is so, like, he's the same all the time. Like, monotone, like he never, you can tell whether he's happy, sad, you won, lost, whatever. And Sirianni, on the other hand, is very much like, you know, I can even tell when he comes to the press conferences. I'm like, all right, Sirianni's upset he's about ready something to go. today. Okay. Yeah. Or Sirianni's tired, right? But... I'm curious how, as someone uh, that's a big part of, of the locker room, how does that kind of even you guys out in terms, terms of having two guys that obviously get along really well and, and have a great relationship, but from a personality perspective, seem so different? Um, man, that's, a, that's a great question. I think, I think Jalen, I don't know if that was just by chance that we, that we just got those two separate personalities. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it might have just been by chance, but... It's great because it just balances that locker room out. Mm-hmm. You know, having that, having Jalen being so monotone, and then having uh, having Sirianni, yeah, he is. We love that. We, love, we want that players coach, you know. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I think they they both balance each other out, and it's a, it's a cool thing well, to see. I, I got to be honest with you, as a player, I would much prefer the coach that is 
passionate, emotional, and all those things. Those are the only. Now, Andy. Well, I was going to say, you played for Andy Reid, so yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah, to... but you know what? Jim Johnson was passionate and emotional enough for everybody. Oh, so, yeah, Andy almost didn't have to do it because Jim was the balance mm-hmm. to him. Andy was almost a calm, cool, collected guy. And with the defense, Jim gave us the emotion. But all the other head coaches that I played for in college and everything else, they were the guys like Nick Sirianni. Yeah. So I, I say that to say, as Jordan said, players coach, like sometimes players need that. Like players want that coach that it's – we respond better to yeah. a coach that's like that Absolutely. as opposed to the – no offense to Tony Dungy. But I just don't know how I would play for Tony Dungy if right. everything was a – now, guys, I'm going to need you to do this. going to need you to play. I'm like, I don't know if I can have well, that. Well, Sirianni seems so excited for you guys when you do well. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. there, there was a, a clip a few weeks ago in a Patriots game where Bill Belichick, someone came and handed him a ball after a big play. <laughs> I saw that. I saw and that. he didn't even react. And I get that that's who he is, but I feel no. like Sirianni would have, like, basically, you yeah. know, chest bumped the guy, signed the ball on the spot. Well, like. First of all, don't, don't be giving Bill Belichick a damn game ball in the middle of a game. I'm just saying, from a player perspective, it'd be a buzzkill. I'm like, hey, coach, I did this for you. And he's like, get out of here. Wait, I mean, no. The size of the cojones on that player, mate. Exactly. <laughs> How can you do that? I, I wouldn't even have been able to do that. I would not have done that. <laughs> what, what is your favorite part about playing for Nick? Um, I think just his, uh, his approach that he wanted in the team about mm-hmm. creating the culture. Really respected that, like bringing the, the locker room together. And then not even just the locker room, even the coaches, making sure the coaches are uh, you know, you can approachable. Yeah, you know, making sure that all the all the coaches are accountable, approachable, and just you know, creating a positive uh, environment in, in the building. And so, I, I love playing for him because of that, and because the players coach man, he sees how much we put in. Yeah, we see how much they put in, and so when we execute, it's kind of like what Jalen said last night: uh, execution fuels emotion. emotion. Yeah. And now that's a big stout saying. It's a big, I was saying, that's it's a, a big very old man soul coming just, from him too. I'm glad you went there because I was coming there. Nick is the uncle, right? And everybody likes Uncle Nick. <laughs> and then we got to get to your real coach, Stoutland University, Jeff Stoutland University, man. And I love how you introduce yourself on Sunday Night Football. It's classic. So you did you come up with that? Uh, that was a uh, Lane Johnson. Okay. Jeff Stoutland yeah, yeah. University. Right. Well, that, you, you introduced it to Johnson the world. Man. That is yeah. so awesome. I, I, well, I love that. Well, when we came back from training camp, uh, they told us that ESPN was in the uh, in the office next to uh, um, Dom's office. Big Dom's office, yeah. And, and, then, and then they were like telling you, yeah, you've got to do uh, player introductions. And I was like, well, this is awkward. I don't have a college to say. <laughs> um, I was like, what do I say, Lane? And I'm sitting next to Lane, and Lane's like, why don't you say Jeff Stoutland University? I said, say less. I'll do that. Man. That's perfect. That, that, that is perfect, and it's, it, it fits – him because he's the best in the business and I I love talking to you guys about his impact on you all as players and so for you individually just talk a little bit about you know not I mean Jeff Stoutland with the entire offensive line you guys have a close-knit group yes and I would think it starts with him and and the culture he sets in that room yeah 100 percent um I think you know Coach Stout I mean I can't believe he took a a a chance in a rugby player from Australia <laughs> to begin with. Um, you know, what was he smoking that day? I can't believe what he was doing. Uh, but, you know, I'm very thankful that he, that he took, took a chance on me um, because he changed my life forever. And, you know, we talk about the standard. He's always talking about the standard. He's always talking about execution, fuels emotion, and, and playing for each other. Give yourself to your teammates. You know, mm-hmm. no man is an island. You must draw your strength from others. Yeah. These are all quotes that emanated from Coach Stout and just his... The, the standard that he set in that room and so 
when you hold yourself to a high standard and then you expect that high standard to be reflected in your players, it kind of just naturally molds together. And how he does it is just being detailed, mm-hmm. you know, coaching everybody the same from starter to P-squad. You know, there's, there's no one like, besides Jason Kelsey, because <laughs> <laughs> Jason Kelsey's a different beast now. I mean, yeah. Jason well, Kelsey could be a coach. <laughs> What's interesting uh, is, uh, you know, obviously you come to, Stout, to Stoutland, you've never played before, right? Mm-hmm. Kelsey is probably going to the Hall of Fame. And you guys both still talk about how you learn things from him, right? Like almost every day or every week. What is it about him that makes him such a great teacher? Like what, what is it about like his personality or how he explains things that's, that's made it so easy for everyone to learn from him? Um, I think the amount of detail that, that he goes into uh, because of how much work he puts into knowing what teams do, how, yeah. to, how to execute the technique against this, this look, this def- defensive look. And so when you have a coach who's investing all that time, you know, you, you listen. Because when you do execute it, it work, and it works, you're like, oh, you right. might know a thing or two. You know? <laughs> yeah. So then you That's go back and, he, and, he, yeah. and, he just, and it just keeps happening. Like, oh, wow, he was right. He was right. He was right. And so you just you, you build that relationship. You just keep trusting in coach. You just do what coach tells you, man, and he's going to lead you down the, down the, down the path. Yeah. He's man, led right you down path. a pretty good path. Yeah, yeah. he has, man. I, I love coach down, man. <laughs> Well, and speaking of relationships, we're going to take a quick break, and then I want to come back and talk to you about your offensive line mates and how close you guys are. And quite frankly, when you have a unit that is close like you guys are, it, it, it really – and it's not just the starters. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like your backups as well. It, it makes for a strong room, man. And it, it is no surprise that the offense – it's been able to be as good as it's been because it all starts up front. But you got to have guys that play well together. So I want right. to get Jordan's thoughts on that. Elliot Shore Parks, Jordan Mylotta, everyone. We're here at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. I heard it's the number one sports bar in North America, <laughs> Chickies and Pete's. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Right here on 94 WIP. Do this the rest oh, of the second. Baby. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to interrupt you. <laughs> those it's catchy, man. It's catchy. Those those uh, <laughs> those vocal cords you hear right there is the great Jordan Mylotta, man. No, that's Jason Kelsey. Right and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Because you know we want to talk about that. Oh lordy. So so yeah. forget the game. You guys won. By <laughs> yeah, forget yeah. The, yeah, forget about the game. Yeah, forget about that. Honestly, game. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, that was great. You guys won the game. Had you <laughs> lost, the, had you lost the game, we would have spent the whole show. Hey, if we lost the game, they would have been seeing nah, 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 nah. <laughs> hey, 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 goodbye. Uh, so this offensive line, man, you guys as a group are. First of all, you guys are obviously good on the field. That that's the number one thing. But secondly, and probably just as important or equally important. The personalities seem to mesh together. You guys genuinely seem to like one another. So what, what, what's that like in the meeting room, in that, in that room? I, hear, I don't want you to go through every player, but I kind of want to know, okay, who, who's, who's, the, who's the, I guess, the stickler for the rules in, in the uh, meeting room? Is there any of those guys? Is there anyone that's always punctual? And 
Um, punctual. I would, uh, everyone's pretty punctual, but uh, Isaac and uh, I knew Kelsey, you were say Isaac. Isaac and Kelsey are usually the you know cross the T's, dot the yeah. I's, making sure that you know they 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 they, 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 they that that stout is going over the small details for the young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, myself and. The rest of the other cats in there, uh, making sure that we really understand why we're doing this. Um, who's the prank starter group? Who, who's the? Oh, that, that'd be Lane. <laughs> Lane's that'd the prank. Lane. I would not have guessed. Dude, he's Lane. the funniest dude. Dude, he's the funniest. What, what's uh, a great Lane? Well, well, Lane and Lane is funny sometimes without even trying to be funny. Exactly. I mean, Lane does. Uh, the, he's, the, he's probably got like the best impersonations. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of of almost everyone in our uh, organization. So. So he does. Good impersonations he of does, everyone. He does. Okay. He does. Who's, who's his best one, do you think? Um, shoot. Now you put me on the spot. I can't think of one. Yeah. Dang. All of them, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Lane, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Somebody has to do Stoutland, right? Yeah. Oh, we all do Stout. <laughs> we all do Stout. We're all, like, traumatized. Traumatized. So we all, we all have a traumatizing story, but it's coming from a good place. Man. Oh, no doubt. Stout loves you. How, no how, do, how do you think that's helped you specifically coming to an organization where, again, you know, you're learning the game from scratch, essentially, where they, I would assume, were so welcoming in terms of helping you out and, you know, making sure you felt like uh, this was something you could do and encouraging you on the bad days. Like, how, how big was that for you? I mean, it was huge. Coming from no background to having some background to, you know, having whatever background I have now. I yeah. mean, Stout's just been a, a huge part of it, but not just Stout. It's, it, it's been, uh, uh, you know, Coach Chung, uh, Roy Easterbahn, mm-hmm. and even the guys uh, who, who have played before on this team and, and the guys currently in this locker room. Yeah. They've all helped me get to where I am, um, and they're still helping me get, get even better. So. I've just been incredibly lucky to be blessed with uh, great humans and great teammates. What's your favorite part of playing football now that that's what you do for a living? You're not learning the game anymore, right? This is what you do. Like, what's your favorite part of it? I think just uh, imposing my will. Trying to say smashing somebody. Yeah. I knew yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> in the, especially in the run game, you know, it's just like natural for me to try and be uh, the, the dominant player that I know I can be. But uh, it's just awesome when all five guys are on the same, same plane and mm-hmm. we're doing our thing. So. Who are you like closest with? Who who do you buddy around with the most? Ah, uh, Landon. Landon. Yeah, Landon. yeah, right next to you. How, how's that been? What having Landon there and you having to be sort of the guy that mentors him? Man, it, it's uh, see. I think that's what works uh, works out great for the both of us. I don't see our relationship like that. Right. Like, okay. I have to mentor him because mm-hmm. you know, I respect where he came from, coming from a great college uh, sure. football system and. Just his background. He's he's a smart player now. Mm-hmm. Landon, Landon Dickinson may not look like a smart player, but he is. <laughs> he is a very smart player, and he's, he's very talented and, and, and skilled. And so, you know, just our relationship on the field and off the field is is you know is where our I guess relationship flourishes. Yeah. Does he do any of his singing? I mean, not. not I mean, I wouldn't call it singing, but um, <laughs> yeah, he does. He does sing along with me. Sings along. He sings yeah. along with you. So yeah, I, I like to consider myself a good singer if the music that I'm lip syncing or singing along with is louder than my actual mm. singing. There you go. So everyone doesn't have to really hear my voice. Mm. I can just kind of blend in with the singing, like most people do. Yeah, I mean, that's all. He's but, basically but, saying when he's alone in the car, <laughs> and he can and he can turn it all the way up with the windows up. That's exactly. the way he really lets it rip. Exactly. Yeah. But you, you can actually sing. I'm okay. 
I'm no, okay. dude, you were on Mass Singer. Nah, man, that was just a, just a part-time show, man. What was that yeah, like for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what was that like? Yeah. <laughs> like a national like, audience, like, yeah. Like one of the biggest shows on TV. Yeah. Uh, it was fun, man, the whole uh, journey. Uh, I got to experience it with my fiance, so mm-hmm. it was cool. Just uh, every, every the production team was amazing, and they, for me, they made the highlight of the show. And I think performing was just, for me, it was just another performance, but, you know, just being there and then. Uh, getting to meet all the the, the cast the casting members. And, right. Uh, actually, I didn't even know who the casting members were, so it was very secretive. <laughs> just, just it was very secretive. Oh, you so, didn't know like, anybody. It, it, each yeah. each uh, character, or uh, I, I don't like saying the c word celebrity. I don't C- like saying celebrity. That you can say it. I'm, yeah. I'm not a celebrity. I think. Oh you're, yeah, 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 you are a celebrity. A celebity. Yeah. <laughs> we don't say the c word here. You're not. Man. You're not, not a celebrity, yet, but you know, maybe maybe I'm one. Now. I'm not a celebrity, man. Yeah. Just a guy who you're sings just a singer. Plays football. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Just a guy who plays who plays football and sings. How yeah. how did it come to be? I mean, I remember. I think the first time you taking off as a singer in Philly, at least. Remember you did? I think it was like Tennessee whiskey at the uh, yeah the rookie show. The rookie show. Yeah. The rookie yes. show, yeah. yeah. First of all, you made me download that song. I'd never heard it. That's a, <laughs> what? that's a fire song. Yeah, but hey, you, but what? you did. I, it's not my music, to be honest. But it, it was it was a great song. But where I was going with it? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, you killed it though. You did. You did a great job. So what I was asking is, how did the mass singer come to be? Like, did did I mean they approached you? I would assume. Like, what was that right. whole process like? So, twenty twenty one. So I. Yeah, I, I obviously sang it my rookie year. Right. But then in 2021, when Suriani uh, was just hired and you know, was getting to know the team, during camp, he was like, so, you know, we were going through the rookies singing mm. that year, and then he found out that I could sing, so he just randomly called me up. Mm. And I said, oh, I guess i got to go to All Reliable Tennessee Whiskey. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And um, saying that, Sean Bradley had uh, video recorded it. Yep. And TMZ got a hold of that. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah. Recording, and um, I guess that's how the Mars Singer uh, found it. There's mm-hmm. a yeah, somebody who worked at the Mars Singer who's, who comes from a big Eagles family, and they uh, had just suggested me to join the show, and they reached out to my agency, and they reached out to me, and uh, yeah. Prior to this year, you were clearly the top singer on the team. Now, I'm not saying that you aren't the top oh singer on the team. I know where you're going with this. But I'm just wondering, has a rival – arrived i seen you guys do oh a duet of one of my favorite songs from mario and it sounded pretty mm. thin. now that, that is my song that yeah. sounded pretty good man it's pretty good man so you guys both did a great job with that yourself and rookie jordan davis um are you guys thinking about putting together a little group here or a little duo uh, we always joke around about it, but uh, yeah. We'll see now that used to be season. that used to be a thing in the early two thousands, late nineties, like male groups. You know, most of them were quartets. Uh, we didn't; they didn't usually have duets as male groups. But Casey and JoJo, Casey and JoJo, but there was a whole. You forget about Devontae and yeah, Mr. Was, Dalvin. Yeah, yeah, they got rid of those two because they couldn't sing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what normally, That'll be landed in the group. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, that's what normally happens <laughs> when there's a quartet. Yeah. We got to split money up four ways. It's like, yeah, you two really can't sing. We're going to get <laughs> yeah. rid of y'all. But no, I'm wondering, yeah, you and Jordan, man, like that's a that seems like a good little pairing right there. Yeah, hey, Jordy can carry a night too now. Did he get on the Christmas song, or was that all O-Lyman? Uh, it's a secret. Okay. It's a secret. So the Christmas. So we might have some guest appearances. The Christmas songs up. are coming out. One has already been released. Can you can you give us anything, or we have to wait for everything to be released? Uh, uh, sir, 
I'm not qualified to give you that okay. answer. Yes. Okay. What's so, your favorite Christmas okay, song? Yeah, what's your favorite Christmas song? My, my favorite Christmas song is, uh, of all time, would be uh, Oh Holy Night. <laughs> Over All I Want for Christmas Come is on, You man. by Mariah Carey? Come on, Like man. I said. <laughs> oh Holy Night. It's oh, a classic, right. man. It is a, cla- jingle bell, it is a classic jingle bell for rock sure, or yeah. something, man. Yeah, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. For me. Yeah. How, how did the Christmas album come to be? I honestly I can't remember the actual like where it started, but I I think it was Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey I was gonna was say, did Kelsey yeah. orchestrate this thing? Yeah, pretty much. Him and Conan Ballen. So. <laughs> and and Lane and I were like, yeah, we'll be there. Can Kelsey sing? I saw him do yes. the national anthem for a Sixers game. Yes. And he was pretty good with that. Like I was actually, to, I was, yeah. I was, dude. The national anthem before a game is. I, I don't know how he did that. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know how he did it either. But, <laughs> but he can sing, that. man. Yeah. Do you get nervous when you when you sing? Like, are you nervous for the album to come out? Or I guess. Nah, man. I'm not. I'm. I'm not nervous, and I do get a little little nervous when I uh, when I have to sing. So. Yeah. How's it compared to football? I think it's just a whole different type of skill set and a whole different type of nerves. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, football, it's you get nerves, and then once you get hit, you're like, okay, nerves are gone. Mm-hmm. No one's hitting you when you're singing. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully not. No At least not when you so sing. Like, yeah. Yeah. How do you get the nerves out of your system? Yeah. So that's it. So as I bring it back to football, mm-hmm. Jordan, <laughs> you guys got a big game coming up, as all these games seem to be big games. The oh, Tennessee yes, Titans are coming to town. Physical team. That's what Mike Vrabel wants yeah. his teams to be identified as. You, you, you preparing yourself for another one of those drag out, knuckle up type of type of type of games going up against Tennessee. Yeah, that's how we uh, usually attack the week. You know, just really just uh, once the coaches come up with the game plan and we install it, we really just try and play as dominant as we can and and as physical. Coach Stout always wants physical football, so that's a yeah. standard that you know, he's already set as a prerequisite. And when you play for his own line, it yeah. has to be physical, dominating, fast football, um, you know, and, and understanding your assignment. So, I mean, we, this is how we prepare. The process is how we, we've always prepared. doesn't matter who we're versing, we keep it the same. That's, that's what I like about this team. You guys seem to be locked in and you focus on one week at a time mm-hmm. and you stick with that. Listen, man, thank you. It's been a pleasure of ours to have you. Hopefully we have you back. Elliot, we're getting ready to go to break. We're getting ready to get out of here. Got a shout-out to Dan, Taz, and Hipster Dave down here, Tucker Bagley, back in the studio. We got Monday Night Football coming up next right here on 94 WIP.